You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. On Belief is a show about true survivor stories of escaping cults and high demand groups. If that describes you and you'd like to tell your story, it can be anonymous, please email me at info at onbelief.com. Thank you to everyone who supports the work that On Belief does on Patreon. This week, we're thanking two people who are in our $20 tier. One is Jen Wultamada, and the other one is PK. So thank you to both of them. about cults by Karen Geyer. Season 2, episode 25, Acts 29, part 2. The elders and pastors of each local church have been granted authority under the headship of Jesus to provide oversight, to teach and preach the word of God in corporate assembly for the building up of the body. The office of elder or pastor is restricted to men. Now, the question was whether or not we should have expanded this, whether we should have been more precise, whether we should have put together lists of what women can and cannot do. And the unanimous decision was no. We only want to articulate what we can explicitly find in the text of Scripture. Acts 20, and maybe I'm speaking just a little bit for Storms and Bridgeway here rather than for the network as a whole. I don't want to put words in the mouths of others. But let me just say it this way. This Acts 29 pastor and the church that he leads does not parole the perimeter of church life, ever vigilant and on guard against the slightest trespass by a woman, as if she might dare step across the line and thus need to be disciplined and slapped down. What a horrendous way to lead a church and to encourage people in life and ministry. Ours ought not to be a mentality that focuses on what women can't do. Our aim, what? Is to equip, empower, and release them into every area of ministry unless it is explicitly forbidden by God's word. We have to be guided by this truth. No Christian woman, and let me just expand that, no Christian woman or Christian man is ever loved or served well when their ministry or position in the local church is established without regard to biblical guidelines and parameters. You see, the greatest threat that you will have to a robust, joyful, spirit-empowered complementarianism in your church is when someone comes and says, man, if... If you really want to love the ladies and honor them, then you need to take off all restrictions. And you need to just simply let them do whatever it is in their heart to do and whatever God might lead them to do or say to them. Let me tell you, you do not love, honor, or cherish either a man or a woman if you ever promote them into any arena of ministry that is outside biblical parameters. That's not love. You do not enhance their spiritual growth. You do not facilitate the expression of their gifting in their ministry. 
True freedom is never experienced by throwing aside biblical guidelines and doing whatever suits your fancy. That's not biblical freedom. It's not a free-for-all. Genuine freedom comes when we submit to the functional authority of Scripture and we say, Lord, we acknowledge certain guidelines that you've given us, certain areas where we should or should not serve. Help us to embrace that. My, again, I'm only speaking for myself. Unless the Word of God explicitly prohibits a woman from some particular ministry or act of service, they have complete freedom in our church. Now, I know that kind of rubs some of you the wrong way, especially if you're of a denominational tradition which has certain practices, and I'm not trying to, to, to fly in the face of that. I'm just telling you, what is the mentality that you bring here? Is it to you know, you know, set up sentries around the, you know, the parameters of your church to, to make sure that there's not the slightest uh, transgression? Or do you look and say, God, how can I empower? How can I equip? How can I release these incredibly gifted women into the fullness of everything that you've called them to be and to do? You were just listening to one of the pastors of Acts 29 Church describe some of the fundamental beliefs some of which had been described last week by our guest, Dana. Dana joins us again this week to describe what made her finally leave the church, what happened afterwards, and how she feels about the experience now. Welcome back, Dana. Dana, what happened when you began to ask questions, even simple questions, within the group? Well, a couple times I had asked about, you know, okay, so you guys are saying predestination is the thing, but you're also saying that we got to get out here and like talk to people about our church and bring them to the church. So, but I mean, if everyone's already, if it's already predetermined, then why do it? You know, we know people will just come, you know, like, why are we do? why are we doing this? And I mean, I'm not asking to be, I'm, I'm not one to ask questions to be confrontational. I really don't understand the logic there. And if there's something I'm not understanding and everyone else is saying that, I would like to know in case I'm incorrect. You know, I I really want to know what the truth is. That's my greatest desire. So if you have something that you're sharing with me that's, you know, something that doesn't make sense, it's a cognitive dissonance, I need to know why. A lot of times it was kind of brushed aside or they would bring out some kind of like something that someone else wrote about it. I mean, I know there's like a thing in Romans, but there's about, you know, we, you know, he calls the ones who are predestined and I'm not sure exactly of the quote. Uh, there's several ways to look at that. I mean, I've done some research. And so when I brought that up, they were like, well, no, that's not, I mean, Acts 29 is, they really research this stuff. And so we should just kind of go with this and go with what they say. And it's like, oh, uh, and I'm not okay with it. Hey, like, if you want to be okay with that, that's fine. That's your personal journey. You know, God love you. It's not where I'm at. Another time I remember that we were in a Wednesday night group and this didn't happen to me, but I witnessed it. And there was this big thing about like pride and you couldn't be, you can have pride. Okay. And there's several meanings of this word pride. One of them means that you think you're better than everyone else, which that's not a good thing. Um, another one is that you feel good about who you are and, um, the things that you've been through and how you got through them. Okay. So there's, there's two different meanings. And so we were doing this lesson and one of the, one of the leaders said, you know, we don't want to say stuff like we're proud of our kids. 
And I was like, what, what, you know, looking around and this woman said, well, I mean, she's like, you know, I'm going to have to, um, I might disagree with you on that. She's like, because it's one thing to say, I'm proud to live in this neighborhood. You know, it's another thing to say, Hey honey, you did a really good job on your math test and I'm really proud of you. And people got really quiet and the leader, I mean, he was physically like offended by this and he wasn't the pastor, but he was like close to the pastor. And I could tell by his face and body language, like he didn't know what to say because it wasn't in the binder or however he had it in his mind. And, and people were kind of quiet. And so I was like, you know, I, I do agree with you. I said, I think that it's okay to be, you know, proud of who we are. I mean, you know, we're these great creations and I don't remember exactly what I said. And it was just kind of got really quiet. And then they just moved on. Another time we were, they did something with like, I, is it Ash Wednesday? I think it is. And you put ashes on your forehead. And I still, I mean, I was a little uncomfortable with it because I'm not really sure of the origins of that. I don't know if it's something that I like ready to do. Um, but I had brought somebody who was a, a guest and he wasn't comfortable with it. So we're passing the stuff around and he just quietly passed, passed the ashes to the next person. And someone asked him and they were like, Hey, why, why don't you, um, why don't you want to do this? And I knew why he didn't want to. And I was like, Oh man, he's like got some like good information about why he's not doing this. I was like, I hope and in my mind, this is bad, but I was like, I hope he doesn't say that because they're going to be like really offended and they're going to ostracize him, you know? And then he, and all he said was, you know, it's just not really where I'm at right now. And no one knew what to do. And the, like 20 people were like, oh, um, and they kind of were shifting around. No one said anything. And I could tell like there was a silence. I'm like, okay, he's no longer accepted here because he did something that was outside of the group, stuff like that. And I know that I've had other questions. Oftentimes if they challenged the Acts 29 whatever Acts 29 deemed as truthful, they were just kind of dismissed. I remember one member who, and this isn't representative of the group, but she felt like she had the answer to a lot of these things. And so when someone would question something, she would get kind of like snarky about it and kind of like roll her eyes and kind of like, you know, like you better, you better figure it out. Like that's stupid that you don't know this answer. And, um, I don't, I think maybe somebody had confronted her on that. I'm not sure. I know she had acknowledged that she has an issue with that before, but I mean that you were just, it was an unspoken thing. And then people slowly kind of, uh, closed themselves off to whoever was asking questions. Um, and you know, everyone who was, who I saw that was like critically thinking has eventually left and I'm not involved with anyone in the group currently. So I don't know. You had a friend from the group who got kicked out of the group. Would you like to tell me what happened? this is also a very like sensitive subject and I was not present for conversations about this. Um, I will preface this by saying that most of the time when people would tell their story in a group, it was confidential. And that was very like, um, taken very seriously. So I had some friends in another group and I met up with them after their Wednesday night meeting, we're just having dinner. And they said, they started talking about this other member telling his story in the group and they didn't want to say too much because they were being respectful, you know, and I could tell like all of them were like, I'm really uncomfortable with this. Like, I don't know what to do. And so I, I was like, well, you know, like now if it's not something I need to know, 
you guys don't tell me, but I mean, if it's something that's bothering you, I like kind of want to know what's going on. And so they shared with me that this person, um, he and his wife were trying to adopt, they're trying to be foster parents and that they had, um, gone through the process of the application process, but there was something in this person's past that isn't, that's not really my place to tell it, but it was like, okay, this is like questionable. Like, are you still something that he had done as a young adolescent to another young child? Um, and now he, you know, he was an adult and had gone through treatment and whatever, but he want, he, they both wanted to conceal this from the application process. And there are other things like in his behavior that I felt like I was a little uncomfortable with other comments that he had made. And so I just told him, I was like, you know, if there's any, like they don't have any children now. I said, but they have in the past. And I said, would you, I said, you, you need to address this with him and like, let, like tell them that they need to report this issue. Like they, is this something they're hiding, like purposefully concealing and they know, and they're, it's bothering them. Like they need to tell whoever the people is that allows them to be foster parents so that they can take this into consideration because none of us can really make that determination because it happened so long ago kind of a thing. I don't know if it came out that way, but you know, we had talked about other things that made them uncomfortable. And so none of them did anything about it. And so a couple weeks later, I checked in with one of these people that was attending this other group. And I said, did you guys ever say anything about this? And they were like, well, no, we don't really know how to bring it up. And I was like, look, this is serious. You know, like if you, like if you are all uncomfortable with this, other people are uncomfortable with this. And I said, imagine what would happen if like something happened to a kid and like it came out, like, I don't know. So I guess they had had a conversation with several group leaders, not the pastor, who all said that everything's fine and that this person was meeting with the pastor and you know, we're going to, I understand your concerns. We'll talk to the pastor about how to deal with this issue. And it's like, why, you know, why can't you just deal with it? Like call the guy and be like, Hey buddy, like, you know, you need to do this. Like kind of thing. I don't know if they ever ended up talking to this individual. Well, somewhere along the line, they ended up cause they had, they were fostering at this point, but like, they were still worried that this thing was like going to come out and they had, uh, a, an infant that in their care. And so while in this, while the infant was in their care, um, someone called and reported what some of the conversations that they overheard and just the conglomeration of things. I do know that this person said, I am like a third party. So I wasn't in directly involved, but like, these are the things that I've heard. I'm, it's just not sitting right type of a thing. You know, all this stuff is like, through the grapevine. So I know who it was. This other person was confronted at the group. I, I I think what happened was they went to the group and the pastor was there and the pastor said, Hey, this, this little girl was taken away from this couple and we need to know who called this hotline. <laughs> no one. And people, I mean, they said like people were mad that someone had called and had made up this thing. Like it, it just, I, I'm, you know, I'm like hearing this, you know, and I was like, wait, wait a, wait a minute. Like no one was like, Hey, first of all, like who, who did it? it wasn't going to be like, Hey, it was me. You know, like everyone's mad on a witch hunt. 
So I guess the pastor said, he's like, I even called down there and demanded that they tell me who it is because I'm the pastor. And I was like, what? One of the people who is close to me still was like, you know what? They had, they were kind of alluding to that. It was him. And he said, you know what? I should have called. He said, because it made me uncomfortable. And he said, I, he didn't say like, anyone else like he didn't bring anyone else into it but they kind of knew that these other people were kind of tied together and he's like it should have been me so put the blame on me kind of a thing and then the other guy was like yeah it was him which I don't I don't know how all that like played out but I know who it was and like I'm I would never say so like I'm driving home for my Wednesday night I'm like so they kicked you out he's like yeah they asked me to leave he's like I thought they I he's like I thought we were going to get into like a physical fight it was like, how dare you do this to these people? I asked this person, I said, so what exactly happened? Like, how did they take the baby? And, she, and they said, well, they called the wife down to the office and said, this is something that was brought up. And she says, how do you know that? And so they said, okay, well, we're taking your kid. Okay, well, you know, like, you're kind of admitting like <laughs> that all of these things are true, whether or not it is. Like, they're not going to take a chance once you say how did you know that? You know, so they t- they ended up taking her. I don't know. I don't know their situation now. Um, but yeah, it was just like, I, I mean, we're talking about something uh, really serious that uh, with young children and uh, it was handled very badly. So this person ended up getting kicked out and I was trying to be like, okay, like, I'm not really comfortable with a lot of these things in the group. There's a lot of, um, you know, what the, what, if I don't know the answer, we'll go ask the pastor and he'll know the answer. And, you know, even if you're like, well, no, what do you think? It's like, well, I don't know. I better ask the pastor. Like that was kind of, I mean, that's a red flag, you know? So it was like, now there's another reason for me to go. There are some other things that happened too that hurt my feelings and felt like were handled pretty badly. Um, but yeah, there is definitely like a power structure there at play. So that's generally what happened. And like I said, I wasn't there for all of it, but I do know that um, they get their kid taken. To unlock the rest of this episode, visit patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. It's only $5 to unlock over 20 hours of content.